Lord, we thank you for the worship that's been offered up here tonight. And we, Lord, we pray that Jesus will be magnified and Jesus will be glorified. Lord, we pray for every family that's represented here today, Lord. We pray as we come towards this Christmas period that Christ would be the center. That we remember it's not about trees and presents and all the things that we're doing in terms of shopping and gifts, Lord, but it's about you. And in this place tonight, we have an opportunity to place you at the center of our lives, Lord God, and ask ourselves some very important questions. What is Christmas about? So, Lord, we just center ourselves on you tonight. Let your name be magnified and let your name be glorified in Jesus' name. In Luke's Gospel, we're reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse 8, the story of the shepherds. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto this day, in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, is born. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And the angel went away from them into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he called Jesus the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. I'm going to preach tonight and share for a few moments on this topic of the, the shepherds. And just a few thoughts tonight as I've been preparing through this message. I was just trying to find the reason for the significance of the shepherds. If you know that tonight, you could have told me beforehand. But Mary, you know, she's in the lineage of David. She gets a visit from an angel. She's going to have Christ. She's going to be there with Christ in the body for nine months. Joseph, again, the lineage of David, he has a reason. He's just about to go the wrong way, but then he makes a decision to make Mary his wife. The wise men, what happened to them? They, they saw the star and they left where they were and they went on a journey. And as they got closer, they gave their gifts, frankincense and myrrh. They seemed to have these prophecies and reasons why they were going to visit the Christ. Then Elizabeth, there with the birth of John the Baptist, the Elijah that was to come, she also had a reason. She was related to Mary. But the shepherds, what was the reason for the shepherds tonight? Why are the shepherds in this story? Well, I'll give a reason why I've decided to preach on this message tonight because Judah, he was a sheep last year and uh, I wasn't greatly impressed, but this year he was a shepherd. And uh, I've got a picture of him on the back screen. I don't have got that there. And he had this uh, phrase that we're encouraging him to do right throughout the weeks coming up to his uh, show. Uh, he said, come to the manger, greet the newborn king. And he would say that, come to the manger, greet the newborn king. And that was what he would say around the house. And we keep encouraging him to do it. And he, he, did, a, he did a great job, by the way, doing that as well. So he, yep, hallelujah. So why, why the shepherds? Why, why are the shepherds there? You know, the shepherds are in a field. There's darkness there. And hey, you know, who wants to be a shepherd tonight? 
Who wants to be a shepherd? Who wants to trade their job in and be a shepherd tonight? Can't think of anybody here tonight. Being there in maybe a cold field, a dark field. When I was in Mali in the pitch black, you can see the stars as clear as day, a beautiful sight to see. But you know what it says when you do the research on the history of the shepherds? Some shepherds were sleeping and some were watching the flock. Now, I don't know which one you are tonight, the one who's sleeping or the one who's watching the flock. But you know what? These shepherds were there for a long time. Now, they weren't looked upon as kings. They weren't anybody in particular. In fact, you know, the shepherds were more or less banned from the temple. They weren't allowed to go into the temple because they stank. They were the smelly ones. Uh, they were always digging up feces or dealing with dead animals over there. And according to Jewish law, Jewish custom, they weren't allowed to go into the temple because they were ceremonially unclean. Well, I want to tell you tonight, Jesus came for unclean people. Jesus came for sinful people. And here we have this picture of unclean shepherds in a field. And worse than that, they sent out a registration that anybody would be registered. You know the reason they wanted to register people? Because some people were escaping taxes. Some people were doing some deals and trying to hide paying taxes. So they thought, well, register everybody. And the shepherds were a part of that. They won't get paid a big deal. So life was hard. The economy was hard. They had to register and pay more taxes. They had so many taxes at that time. And here are the shepherds, the low level of society. No reason that they should be in the Christmas story. But it says when the angel turned up, he says, I've got good news for all people. Amen. Good news for all people. That includes you tonight. That includes me tonight. When I was preparing this, this uh, message tonight, I had this song that came to mind when I was preparing. And it's not that I'm really into this song, but it just really came to my mind that the gospel is for everyday people. The gospel is for everyday people. Christ is for everyday people. So I want Moses to play that clip on the back screen right now. Everyday people. You'll see that song right now. The fat ones, the skinny ones, the black ones, the blue ones, the orange ones, all different types of people. Let's turn it right now. My own beliefs are in my songs. Butcher the bacon, the drummer and then. Makes no difference what group I'm in. Sometimes I'm right, and I can be wrong. My own beliefs are in my song. The butcher, the banker, the drummer, and then makes no difference what group I'm
everyday people, amen? Everyday people. Jesus came for everyday people. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Here are the shepherds in the field. They're rejected by man, they're rejected by society, but they're everyday people. Normal, low level, nothing to be glorified, no titles, just out there being faithful, mundane jobs, and then suddenly the glory of God appears upon them. What, what a privilege and an honor. Just being faithful, looking after sheep. I want to tell you tonight, just be faithful, amen. Just be faithful doing what you're doing. Maybe the shepherds got tired, maybe they got sick and they could have just moved on. They could have just said, you know what, the glory hasn't come. We know something may be happening, we don't know. But they could have just left their post and went to bed, but they stayed there. They remained where they are. Sometimes the glory of God will appear in the mundane. Just in the everyday things in this life. And here the glory of God comes. I don't know about you, but more than Christmas presents... More than the shopping, more than the all the bright lights, I want Jesus in my life. I want the glory of God. I want to encounter God. I want to ask you a question tonight. Who encountered God in the Christmas story more than any other person? Who encountered God more than any other person in the Christmas story? Was it Mary who saw the angel who had Christ there? You could argue, yes, she had Christ. Surely God was in her womb. So there she encountered God. Maybe Joseph, you know, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived inside is of the Holy Spirit. The wise men traveling from afar, seeing the sign, the star. But here, it also goes on to say that a heavenly host of angels suddenly turned up. You know what a heavenly host of angels are? It's like an army of angels. Now, when I was looking at this story, suddenly they saw this glory. The glory of God has come. They're fearful. He says, do not be afraid. He tells them that Christ is going to be born. And then suddenly out of nowhere, like the whole balcony suddenly turned up in the sky and shouted out praise to God, glory to God in the highest. I wonder if we can do that tonight. Shout out, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Bit louder. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Now, no doubt it's a little bit louder than that. But suddenly they appear from the sky and these shepherds have a divine encounter with God. Now last week we had the Michelle Williams concert. Who was here for that? Now separate to Michelle Williams, the presence of God was here in a unique way. Many people responded to receive Christ into their lives and receive forgiveness of sins and the presence of God. But I say it was nothing like the description that we see here in Luke's Gospel chapter 2 when the angels suddenly turned up and right there before the shepherds, they were bored, they were sleeping, they were out in the field, and then suddenly the angels turn up and there's suddenly a party going on. Because Christmas is a celebration about a celebration about Christ. Suddenly there's a praise party. Now we don't know the time scale. We don't know the time scale, how they were partying, how the music was going on, but suddenly the angels suddenly turn up. Then it concludes by saying, suddenly the angel disappears, the angels disappear and they go into heaven. There's a heavenly encounter just right there in the shepherd's story. Now, Christ is our heavenly encounter. He's the one who came down from heaven into Mary's womb, came, brought up for 33 years. He died on the cross and he rose again on the third day. And he says himself that he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. Now, some scholars, they do say that 
the sheep that the shepherds were looking after were the sacrificial lambs that were ready to go to the temple. So picture this, the shepherds are not able to go into the temple, but the sheep are. The dirty sheep are, the ones that they're preparing, are able to go into the temple and be the sacrificial slaughter for the forgiveness of sins for Israel at that time. But I want to tell you tonight that Christ was that sacrificial lamb. He was that sacrificial lamb that laid down his life for the sins of the world. In John 1, John the Baptist cries out, a relative of Jesus, he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, who is going to take away the shepherd's sin? These dirty, these kind of low-level kind of people, rejected, pushed out into the field. Who is going to forgive their sin? Jesus, the newborn king. And right there, they had the privilege, these low-level shepherds had the privilege of coming and encountering Christ before anybody else. What does that tell you tonight? That Christ came for every single person. The rich, the poor, the fat, the skinny, the black, the white, all different types of people. And no one tonight is going to wear a badge and say, you know, I'm the important one. I'm the important one. Let me in. Jesus came for all types of people. But in order to get to heaven... You may have not had the experience like the shepherds tonight, that divine encounter, the angels of God appearing. But you can take a step closer to God tonight simply by doing one thing, admitting that you're just like a shepherd. What, I'm just like a shepherd? I'm a low-level person? Yeah, that's what it takes to get into the kingdom of God. That's what it takes to receive Christ as Savior. You have to admit that he's the king. It says a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. It's not enough to say he's the Savior. Yes, we celebrate and it's all our religious activity. We have to make him the Lord of our life. In order for that to happen, you have to get low and Christ needs to become high. You have to admit that you need him. Come to the point that you need him. Become like a shepherd tonight. Get low before God. And you know what? You know, they had this powerful experience, but you know what? When you look at the verse... Suddenly, for some reason, they had a discussion about whether or not they should leave their day job and visit the king of kings. I don't know about you, but I would not be having a discussion, would you, Ken? I wouldn't be having a discussion tonight if the angels turned up to me and said, hey, the newborn king has arrived there in Bethlehem. I'll be straight on. I'll be saying, what's the fastest mode of transport that can get me there? But here, they're having a discussion. They're having a discussion, who's going to go? Who's going to be the one? And suddenly the Bible says they leave the place where they were and they go and they visit the newborn king. They have that honor. They have that privilege. They had a decision to make. And I want to tell you tonight, each of us have a decision to make. Amen. Whether or not we're going to move forward with God, whether or not we're going to move backwards with God, whether or not we're going to stay the same in God. And maybe you're here tonight, you've never actually made that decision to make Christ the Lord of your life. He's the only one who can forgive you of sins. He's the only one who can give you access into heaven. The Bible says, whoever believes on him shall be saved. He says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart he was raised from the dead and you shall be saved. See, he's the Savior and he's the Lord. So tonight... It says, there'll be a sign to you, a sign that the baby will be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Sometimes God gives you a sign. And somebody here tonight, God's been giving you a sign. God's been showing you the way. But you need to actually turn away and turn to the sign saying, God, I accept that that's you. I was running down the street in my town, and I know that God was on my case. A few things happened to me. My mother said to me, one of her sons will be used by God. 
I kept telling myself, you know what, that's not me. Because I'm going to play football for Manchester United. That's what I'm going to be doing. Or whatever football club. The dream was there. And I kept pushing it aside. But I knew in my heart that something was tugging at me. And it was like God saying, that's not what I planned for you to do. That's not what I planned. And I kept saying, it's my brother. My brother's going to be used by God. And one night, I was running down the bank in my town near the motorway. And I tripped over the curb. And I flew across the motorway. Only to be lying down and a car to slam on the brakes and the lights were flashing about me. I want to tell you, it wasn't the glory of God. It wasn't the glory of God like these angels. It was a warning sign. A warning sign saying, Christian, are you going to turn and follow me? Are you going to turn and ask me to forgive you and embrace the destiny that, you ha- that I have for you? God will give you a sign. A gentleman last week was just parked out of a church. He was right next to my car. He was on his mobile phone. And as I got closer, I thought to myself, why is he near my car? I wonder what he's going to do near my car. I wonder if he's going to do any damage. And as I got closer, I thought, you know what? Let me talk to him about the gospel. And then suddenly he put his mobile phone in his pocket and he walked away. And I thought, it's amazing how you can be so close to the church and so close to a minister's car and then suddenly be so preoccupied with something else that you walk away. And many people have walked away from God and not received their forgiveness of sins. Let that not be you tonight. God has brought you here for a reason. In fact, this could be the first of a series of signs, but God said this would be a sign that you'll see a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, I've also got a reason tonight why the shepherds are becoming my favorite story because it says as they encountered God, they glorified him and then they start to tell the world about what they'd experienced. In a nutshell, they became evangelists. They became evangelists. They start spreading out the message to just the normal, everyday people that everyday people like you and I start to hear about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why? Because of the shepherds who had a personal encounter with the living God. If you had a personal encounter with the living God tonight, I want to encourage you, number one, glorify God. And then number two, share about him. Hallelujah. Share about him with all different types of people, everyday people like you and I. Let's bow our heads in prayer right now. We're going to move forward into a time of carols and celebration about the King of Kings. But as we bow our heads in prayer right now, I want to ask you a question. You're in this place tonight and God's been showing you signs. God's been speaking to you. Are you listening tonight? He met the shepherds. They made a decision. They turned around and they went and met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They met Christ. Do you need his grace? Do you need his forgiveness? Don't leave this place tonight without his forgiveness in your life. That he will make you born again. He'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a fresh start in life as you just simply admit, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you. I'm like a shepherd. I need you. I need you in my life. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And if you need Christ in your life, I want you to lift your hand if you pray this prayer sincerely from your heart. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in a few moments. But if you want Christ in your life, pray this prayer in your own heart. Say, Lord, I come to you right now. I admit that I've not been following you. I admit that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I need you. Jesus, forgive me of my sins right now. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I believe that you're the Savior. I believe that you are the Lord. And I believe you died and you rose again on the third day. And this day... I choose to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and forgiving me in Jesus' name.